How to Create a Glitch, Monologues, Season 3, Chapter 3. This is the third episode of Season 3 of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Monologues. In this episode we'll be talking about emotional tension, postural releases and other methods of producing glitches. I'll conclude with a few exercises that one can practice to produce glitches. One of the concepts that I have incompletely explained is how emotional tension in the body connects to thought pairings, body language, postural releases and glitches in the form of multiplicity. First, emotional tension is produced by thought pairings of two kinds, closed to open, and divergent left and right-handed pairings. Closed to open pairings produce emotional tension which is released by the deferent action, postural release. So in an example of the hockey player with the incomplete stride, he will experience an emotional release when he so to speak gives in to the closed thought of the tonic and acts it out. So is the case with all closed to open or deferent pairings postural releases. They create emotional tension which is released by reflecting the content of the closed thought. Second, open thought pairings of opposing orientation also create tension as well as being pairing violations. The time it takes for these thought pairings to resolve through the resolving gesture is the correction time. But while these violations exist in a stream of consciousness they maintain a separate kind of emotional tension, a tension that is released when one of the two pairs with a closed thought, because the number one rule of pairing is that open thoughts form pairings with closed thoughts preferentially. The pattern of a resolution is a narrative. That is the common understanding of what a narrative is can be produced by a pairing violation. Third, postural releases are simply those actions which release social or emotional tension. Thus they act as resolving gestures, by eliminating pairing violations. These are actions such as the hockey player's stride adjustment or can also in social settings manifest as postural motions that alleviate self-consciousness. Actions such as touching oneself, looking away, looking down, or away, are all postural releases. When you think about pairing and pairing violations, you must consider it in the context of posture because these actions are like the punctuation which alters the meaning of the internal stream of consciousness. Fourth, as stated in a previous podcast, multiplicity is the perception of multiple versions of another expressing discrete meaning on multiple levels. When one thinks about multiplicity in the context of the above one sees that if postural releases are resisted, the resolving gesture removed, the result will be the extension of the pairing violation into our perception. Thus, once we peel back the layers, it becomes possible to see the expressions of the distinct plates. Fifth, since we know that the resolving gesture eliminates the multiplicity we can see that the plate to which it belongs is the source of the narrative formed by the implicated plate. Methods involving artificially producing and releasing emotional tension, as explained in a previous podcast, as well resisting postural releases, have the effect of creating glitches by eliminating the resolving gestures. This produces longer correction times permitting one to experience longer duration multiplicity events. Method 1. The elevator method. In this method, the goal of the activity is to manipulate facial and emotional gateways by either preventing gateways from forming or creating them at inopportune moments. The ultimate goal of the method is to develop the ability to open and close the facial gateways at will. As explained previously, 
Manipulating gateways can result in pairing violations occurring and thus glitches is a result. The mechanism for this again is that artificially maintaining a gateway when ordinarily it would be closed due to a dialectical open thought pairing has the effect of permitting that pairing to continue to subsist while the gateway remains open. It also permits further dialectical pairings to occur until the pairing violation is resolved and the gateway closes. I called it the elevator method because most people in the elevator will avoid eye contact at all costs, and in fact, eye contact with any object which might cause self-consciousness or discomfort to those around them. In this example, we are talking about people who are strangers and have no desire for social contact. Imagine for a moment during the daily social contacts that populate your day, you were to be, in the moment, stuck in an elevator with that person. Now, imagine developing the skill necessary to maintain this elevator mode, while still socializing and doing any of the myriad things that you must do with other people every day. Now, if you can imagine this for a moment, that is you master this skill, you find you can now identify the moments when eye contact is least opportune. Try to see if you can maintain elevator mode, interspersed with deliberate intentional eye contact. Once you are able to keep elevator mode in constant motion, permitting you to maintain an entire social exchange without for a moment an awkward moment or pause, while the whole time keeping your eyes in motion, or looking at the background, or otherwise occupied, and you have the beginning of the skill necessary to prevent facial gateways from forming. If you succeed in perfecting this method, the first thing you will notice, especially if you produce pairing violations, are a second, third, fourth and fifth level of communication arising from each of the spatial plates. You may then see multiplicity if you combine mirroring and pairing violations. Method 2. A man's reach is further than his grasp. This method relies upon the fact that our body in motion is constantly trailed and preceded by open and closed thoughts which hover around our being continually, projecting our impulses and our goals, into the very future we seek to create. In this method, the exercise is to attempt to conceive of a choice, a location, a place, a destination, take all the steps to go there without any intention of changing direction, and then, at the last minute, change directions, head elsewhere. The goal of this method is to prevent the closing of any pairings through future events. Because thought pairings project intention, they must therefore create linkages between disparate space and time. They must in a way link together two completely separate places and completely separate times, so they are adjacent. In effect, from the perspective of the open or closed thought, it is not time nor space which determines whether two things are proximate, but the thought itself. In this case, if you are successful, as in no thought precedes your choice to change destination, then you might see lights which seem to react to your presence, or you may see people doing things that doesn't make any sense, or saying things that do not make any sense. If you encounter people in your detour they may blurt out absurd things which make no sense in the context. Method 3. Looking backwards. By undermining the natural progression of open thought gateways to closed thought gateways, one exposes the sinews of the link. In practice, what this means, is that the assertive thoughts must be reversed or resisted. Each change in technique, no matter how minute, in any goal-directed event are the result of these closed gateways. So, with a careful attention, 
These actions can be ironed out, in time, with practice. Now, it may seem counterproductive to undermine the process of improvement, and indeed it is, but in this case, the goal of the action is different than the goal of the activity. By reversing carefully every change in technique, one can eliminate the closed pairings that anchor a person to a particular plate. Imagine that we are now talking about five different versions of a two people playing this game. Each version expresses a different assertive thought. Each assertive thought creates a distinct closed gateway. Each version creates a subtle but noticeable change in the behavior of the less advanced player. In multiplicity, we see that all these subtle changes are expressed, but we do not observe all of them, only the resolving thought, the gesture which resolves the conflict in meaning. Now, if we eliminate the resolving gesture, if we peel back the layers of our identity in its fluid motion, we see the many potentialities. Bottom line, eliminating the gradual shifts in the way we do everyday things undermines the inertia of others' thoughts, unweaving our identity from the commonality which preserves the uniformity of experience. That's the end of the podcast for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it please like, comment and subscribe.